See, the problem is communication. Too much communication. Welcome to the Imago Day podcast, a show of philosophical and theological reflections for today's world. I'm Luis Hernandez, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Professor Joseph Terry. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well. They are drilling at the side of my building once again, <laughs> but that shouldn't stop us from having a very interesting discussion around time, Luis. Today, we are talking about, we're continuing our conversation about communications, but today we're talking about time and its role in communications, which just, I never thought about. I never th- thought about this idea of time being applied to the way that we interact and communicate with one another. Um, If you haven't, please check out our uh, first part to this series where we kind of gave a broad survey on communications Mm -hmm. and communications with each other and also communications with God. I thought that conversation was very fascinating. Um, Joe, to begin, I wanted to, there's two popular phrases about time. And just (laughs) to get us started, I wanted to talk about time. Great. And the first one is a quote uh, always attributed to Einstein. You told me that it's taken out of context, but this quote is, time is an illusion. Um, Do you mind just kind of giving a couple of words about that as we begin our discussion about time? Yeah. So, you know, of course, Einstein, Albert Einstein is a household name for the majority of us out there. And, you know, he's done uh, exceedingly important work in the field of theoretical physics, He's known for uh, particular uh, theories and paradigms such as general relativity, special relativity, and what, you know, just a very fascinating figure all around, both biographically as well as scientifically. And his work, among other things, orbited the question of time and its relationality to space and motion. (laughs) Um, And um, one of the uh, brilliant moves that Einstein is known for is uh, discerning the intrinsic, intrinsic, intimate connection between space and time. And, Mm. you know, space is curved uh, and and therefore time can be warped and that all of that is contingent Mm -hmm. on the mass and energy and velocity. Of course, this is connected to uh, one of his famous uh, equations, E equals MC squared, energy equals Mm -hmm. mass times the speed of light squared. Um, And so without going (laughs) too deep into all of the very fascinating physics, um, you know, he, he, through his mathematical... Uh, and imaginative endeavors, he discovered the malleability of time. That time is is a kind of fluid reality, again, profoundly connected to space and motion and, and, and mass and all of that there. And, and so therefore time can be warped. And one's experience of time is contingent on a number of factors. Their place next to a certain gravitational well, um, mm-hmm. that is another way of saying the mass of the object. So for instance, uh, just to give a kind of an example here, uh, the way you would experience the flow of time, let's say um, near a black hole will be different than the way I experience time. And in fact, um, even those who are flying, let's say 33,000, 34,000 feet in, in the air in a plane, time mm-hmm. flows slightly different than those of us here on, on the surface. Now, it's 
it's imperceptible it's microscopic you know you can't really perceive it but 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 using atomic clocks and synchronizing them and then having one up in in the air flying around in the plane and one down here uh we notice that they they lose synchronicity or syn syn synchronicity i'm not even sure if i'm using the right word there <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> one of yeah. those um and 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 that's because the atomic clock on the surface of the earth is closer to the center of gravity here that is the center of the earth and so mm. time is warped right and so when einstein says you know um time is an illusion um you know there's there's a number of ways in which we can read that part of that he's he's identifying the malleability of time the flexibility of time how it's contingent on perception uh, and not in a kind of subjective sense, but again, according to the laws of physics that he uh, helped to discover. Um, but also he's talking about the that, the way the mathematical equations work, irregardless of mm -hmm. time. And so time is a very mysterious thing, both, of course, in physics as well as in philosophy. And uh, this is a little bit there uh, for, for, for what Einstein is kind of signifying with that. But again, this idea that time is flexible, I think that's... Yeah, you know it's really interesting. I think it it feeds perfectly to to what you wanted to bring to our attention today. Yeah, what I'm hearing just talking mm -hmm. about this quote is that on an objective level, like through the math and science, like time is malleable. Like you said, like it's not this yeah, yeah. permanent authority. Yes, um, yeah. that is inflexible, which I find very fascinating because mm -hmm. even on an objective level, there's a level of malleability mm -hmm. on time. Um, the second quote, Joe, that I wanted to get your hot take on before we dive into chronemics is the phrase time talks, which I think speaks more into the subjective sense mm, of time. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts or reflections on that phrase, time talks? You know, um, when I hear that, I, I, I think of, in a, in a certain sense, uh, um, the meaning of time uh, to me. It's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what that phrase means, uh, you know, in, in light of the, the context in which it arose. But I mm -hmm. think, bro, it's funny. I think about when I go get a haircut in Bayridge, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Explain yeah. What do you mean by that? Explain. But, you know, I, I, I tend to be on, on a certain time schedule. Right? I, I, I tend to have a lot of things going on each day. And so, mm -hmm. and of course, this is going to, I think, lead to the conversation, uh, further on to the conversation. But... You know, in a sense, time is always talking to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like, Joe, you know, you got an appointment here. You got this to do. And so when I go to uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, to my boy I've been going to for years, an Egyptian uh -huh. fellow, very uh, Arabic, uh, the culture around there in Bay Ridge. Uh, mm. I know that I have to leave this kind of really open uh, schedule because if I, if I come with, the presupposition that okay, I need to do this right after my haircut, and I got to get a couple of things done before, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run into a lot of frustration because, mm. because Lewis, they, uh, my man who runs the barbershop <laughs> and the cultural situation is a different time, uh, a sense mm -hmm. of time, a flow of time. So he could be working on my hair, just to give a quick example, he could be working on my hair. Uh, he'll stop, go make himself some coffee right in the middle of my haircut, <laughs> um, talk to people. <laughs> Uh, wow. in Arabic. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mm -hmm. love the guy. He's awesome. Course, I've been yeah. going to him for years. Uh, the community is awesome. Uh, he'll, you know, he's offering me coffee. He's like, hey, you want some coffee? Uh, you know, with his accent. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, give me a <laughs> shot of, you know, Arabic coffee yeah. is like really strong. Mm -hmm. 
And so my I've had haircuts. Listen to this, dude. From the beginning, going as as short as about maybe 18 minutes. That's like a miracle. And as long as about an hour and 20 minutes working wow. on my hair because it's pausing, <laughs> right? It's just a different. And over the years, there was a few times when I say, hey, dude, I need to like, I got to run, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he'll, he'll adapt, but it's a, it's, 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 it's a wild thing. So, so, so that's what, it's interesting. That's what comes to mind when I hear of time talks. It's like, mm-hmm. he's always talking mm-hmm. to me and it's like, all right, Joe, if you, you're about this haircut life today, uh, there's no, schedule. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great. And mm-hmm. you're right. That is the perfect segue to this, uh, subcategory of communication, which we're going to talk about today called chronemics. Chronemics is the r- study of the role of time mm-hmm in communications. And I would say the objective of this uh, conversation and what I hope the listener and you and I get out of this is that we ponder the relationship between time and nonverbal communication. Because what you were experiencing, Joe, in your example is Mm -hmm. two different perceptions of time sort of clashing, at least from your point of view. He seemed fine. He's having a good time. Absolutely. but, (laughs) But for you, there was like a bit of a clash because you had a different perception of time and non-verbally like there was a, almost like a rift in the communication. So mm-hmm. I let's jump right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read just a quick, like just a quick definition. Um, also there's going to be a link to this wiki page, but Great. just like the importance of chronemics. Yeah. And this is the first the time way, I'm hearing about this, by the way, it's just really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to getting your take on these things. Cause I think it's going to tie into a lot of, conversations we've had in the past so um so yeah so let me just jump into this real quick mm-hmm. um quote the way we perceive time structure our time and react to time is a powerful communication tool and helps set the stage for the communication process across cultures time perception plays a large role in the nonverbal communication process time perceptions include punctuality willingness to wait and interactions The use of time can affect lifestyles, daily agendas, speed of speech, movements, and how long people are willing to listen, end quote. So there's a lot of really fascinating studies on chronemics and the way that different cultures kind of view time and Mm -hmm. then integrate that view into the way they interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Two major like time systems that um, chronemics kind of like, there's like two boxes that people are put into. There's the monochronic time system and the polychronic time system. So we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to define this a little bit more with an assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions <laughs> and um, listener just like, you know, just make a mental note of your answer. But this is a great way to kind of find what school, what time system you naturally lean towards. Now, just a quick disclaimer. It's, you know, obviously like the real world and, and just the global connectedness we experience today, like not everyone's going to fall neatly into one of these time systems, you know, like we can shift between one or the other, depending on the context. But generally speaking, we do tend to lean towards one, um, depending on our culture. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's begin this, uh, monochronic, and polychronic time system assessment. <laughs> Question one, <laughs> when you are scheduling ac- activities, do you tend to schedule one thing at a time or multiple activities? 
Question two, is your approach to time rigid and structured, a.k.a. you want to get your plan done on time? Mm. Or is your approach more flexible and you're often willing to change plans? Question three, do you have a strict adherence to an agenda or a schedule? Or is there a general adherence to an agenda or schedule? Question four, is your focus on your day task or goal-oriented, a.k.a. get the job done? Or is your focus on relationships and the big picture, a.k.a. jobs and tasks are not as important? I love these questions. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they take a lot of processing mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And finally, question five, do you think poorly of people who are constantly late or do not meet commitments? Or do you think it depends upon the situation and the people involved? Now, um, (laughs) just to define these systems, monochronic, and a clue here is the the prefix mono, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning like one, a monochronic time system means that things are done one at a time and time is segmented into small, precise units. Under this system, time is scheduled, arranged, and managed. So... In my assessment, basically all the first questions, if you're leaning towards the first part of each question, then that's a monochronic time system. Mm -hmm. A polychronic, um, poly meaning many, a polychronic time system is a system where several things can be done at once, aka cutting someone's hair and making coffee. (laughs) And a wider view of time is exhibited and time is perceived in larger fluid sections. Um, Examples of like monochronic uh, time system societies are like uh, North European cultures, Italy, Greece, Spain, England, Scandinavian countries, and of course, the good old US of A. And then examples of polychronic societies are Latin America, Africa, Arab countries, South Asia, and Native American cultures. So, um, so yeah, so we have these two different time systems mm. and we have this assessment and understanding that like culturally speaking, like, mm-hmm. and by culture, I mean like on a regional global level, yeah. uh, different countries tend to lean towards one of these two time systems. So Joe, what's your take on this so far and, and the assessment and, and these different culture and societies? <clears throat> it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, reson- <laughs> it resonates with my own experience. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, my barber and, the culture uh, there is uh, very Arabic, Egyptian, polychronic, mm-hmm. po- is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. And, and doing multiple things at once. It's, it's like clockwork. Uh, it definitely mm-hmm. describes uh, the way time is handled and approached uh, mm-hmm. by my friend. And, and how I tend to be uh, monochronic. Mm-hmm. No, mo- monochro- mo- monochronic? Monochronic. Yeah, I know. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I'm thinking of monochromatic, which is like one color. Oh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to um, uh, kind of do things like that and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. one project at a time, one event at a time, one thing at a time, but like squeeze as mm-hmm. much as I can uh, and, yeah. and itemize, uh, um, atomize my time, you know? Let's start with you. Like, where do you think this like influence or or you kind of falling into this monochronic Mm -hmm. time system primarily in your life? Yeah. Where do you think it came from? I think I've been enculturated into it. Just, you know, being here in New York City, the city that never Mm -hmm. sleeps and and then 
having a lot on my plate schedule wise and seeking mm-hmm. to kind of not lose my chill <laughs> not lose my cool yeah. and so then um segment segment my days uh as such so i can give each piece my undivided attention right this kind of desire mm-hmm. for excellence this let me just give my all my best to it rather than mm-hmm. having my attention divided so i think there, mm-hmm. there, there's that there and 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 it works, I think, relatively well here in the Northeast, in New York City. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially New York City. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting because it also brings to me this idea of the arrow of time, which is also mm-hmm. a, a concept in, in physics, but as well uh, discussed in, in the philosophy of, of time, of temporal mechanics. And the arrow of mm-hmm. time simply is this recognition that the future is not yet the past is has already gone and all we mm-hmm. have is the present and and so there is this sort of decisive orientation forward if you will to use mm-hmm. um and and so therefore then there is this arrow that being said recognizing then um the preciousness of time and and how it sort of slips away and so i think there is this for me at least um a desire to maximize as much as I can, uh, given the time that I have, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a time of the day, the time of the week, um, whether it's just existential time, the time of my life. Um, and for me, you know, again, I approach it um, in that sort of one, uh, 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 one project, one item, one thing, one event at a time, rather than seeking to be split in my attention uh, and whatnot. Um, so the preciousness of time, for me, shapes and informs how I approach my schedule and even how I communicate with others. Um, again, seeking to listen well, uh, rather than as I'm engaging in conversation with someone else, I'm seeking to multitask and do other things, which always mm-hmm. comes across as if the person is disinterested and just not listening well, you know. So I think, you know, in that sense, it, it's it's connected to, again, how I even communicate with others. And I would even go as far, Lewis, to say even with God, you know, this idea of closing uh, the, the door behind oneself and entering into the prayer closet, you know, that that metaphor that Jesus himself gives us, I think it's quite interesting because there is this undivided attention that we are invited to offer to God in the spirit. And, 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 and that raises fascinating, I think, for me, uh, theological questions because God is eternal. He is his eternality. He does not, in that sense, then exist within time as an item like many other items or beings within time. He's not, uh, but yet he is um, perfectly present to all of time in mm. the simultaneity of his eternality. Now, of course, the, the mind can't really... Uh, uh, comprehend that we can apprehend it as such, and so I think there's there's a lot of fertile ground to consider the modality of time, and and prayer slash meditative slash contemplative practices with the one who uh, suspends and upholds all things in being. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's more of the sort of the theological, you know. But these are some of the things that come to mind uh, when you share this. 
in defense of like a polychronic mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. time system, like on in the theological sense, person who subscribes to or just naturally leans towards a polychronic time system, you know, aka like multitasking or, or valuing relationships yeah. more than a task. Mm-hmm. Um, if one were to like throughout the day just kind of turn to God, right? Um, I think it it's another like viable option versus like a monochronic system and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like what you're describing is like you're scheduling time with God. Mm. Like you're putting it on the calendar and yeah. you're showing up for God at a particular time of day, which I think is a great habit to yeah. cultivate and, yes. and to grow like in our prayer life. Um, but would you say it's equally as, uh, equally as important mm, mm. to in a polychronic sense to throughout the day mm-hmm. turn to God, even if it's just for a couple of seconds. Yeah. You know, like, no, that's wow. Great question. I, I don't want uh, to privilege either or I, I see yeah. both as um, valid, but for within different contexts, if you will. So mm-hmm. I'll give a, a personal example. Um, I think it is inescapable the importance, for instance, of the monochronic um, engagement with God, that is to say scheduling time with God, right? Uh, And so for me, um, one of the first things I do in the morning is I am in prayer. And, and, And that's for at least an hour or at least 40 minutes or so, wow. I'm, I'm in yeah. that space of, of prayer and, and undivided. Well, quick aside. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Just, sorry to interrupt. But yeah. like, is it the very first thing that you do? Or no, do so you I, like, I, you know, I'll, go I'll, brush your teeth? And- yeah. Yeah. So I actually go, I, I'll wake up. Typically I'll make the sign of the cross um, mm. uh, and, and, and do some sort of gesture, whether bodily or a few words, utterances mm. to, to kind of acknowledge that, oh, wow, another gift. <laughs> another another day, you know, that's been given yeah. to me. Uh, wow. then, then I make my way to the restroom. I, I wash up, do what I need to do. And then right after that, I go right into prayer. And the temptation is to go on the phone, to check the emails, to, to kind of turn and, and do all those things. And I ruthlessly push against that and just say, nope, let me, let me go ahead and and um, begin with the Lord. So that that's an example of the monochronic um, uh, and, and I see that as really super important, right? Like, that's why I use the phrase inescapable if we're going to do this right, our discipleship. That being said, uh, polychronic uh, uh, activities throughout the day, for sure. While I still have throughout the day uh, moments where I pause and give my undivided attention to God, there are other times in which I may be driving or I may be doing other things while I'm praying the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? With the with, with a, a prayer rope, or maybe uh, praying the rosary as I'm driving, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, it's not my undivided attention, I'm doing other things, but I find that to be so um, nourishing because I, I, I feel as if the umbilical cord, the, the, the sort of, sort of uh, connection between God and myself is, is strengthened and there's a tethering dynamic that holds me uh, in in being, as it were, um, throughout the day. So despite whatever I'm doing, of course, you know, St. Paul says, pray without ceasing, you know? Um, you know, did he mean that just metaphorically, or, or is there a way in which we can indeed pray without ceasing? 
And, you know, the church teaches, you know, prayer is the offering of one's mind and heart to God, uh, the lifting up, rather, of mind and heart. And so even in the simple, even in the simple ways in just turning inwardly uh, to, to the Lord, um, that's a form of prayer. So I, I see them, at least in my own life and my own uh, discipleship as I follow the Lord, both um, dynamics at play. I love that you're holding that tension because you identified yourself as you lean towards yes. a monochronic time system. Yeah. And yet you're kind of employing or, or understanding the the time systems of the polychronic as well and, and utilizing that. Um, you're utilizing both time systems in a way in your relationship with God. Now, as an aside, like how long do you think it took you to cultivate those mm. habits of prayer, both in the monochronic, like when you woke up first thing in the morning, you're <laughs> yeah. praying for an hour, and also like yeah. this throughout the day. Yeah. How long did that take you? Um, it took me a while. In fact, for most of my my um, discipleship as a Protestant, I would on and off, uh, or in other words, seasonally um, do well beginning my day with the Lord. Um, and then throughout the day, you know, sometimes I'll pause. Yes, my mind will, will turn to the Lord, but um, really, you know, I didn't keep offices, as it were, or, or sort of had a scheduled prayer. Um, you know, as a Catholic, uh, and, and this is not to say that only Catholics can do this. One can do this as a Protestant as well. But as a Catholic, um, with the different devotions that I have recourse to, uh, like the rosary, just for uh, as an example, and 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 I think being strengthened by the sacraments, uh, daily mass uh, when that's when that's available to me, I find it um, that I'm like the my rhythms are really really good right now. Um, I'm able to begin the day with the Lord most of the time, or partly end the day in the Lord uh, with with an examine, and I find myself throughout the day praying far more frequently. Um, so, so, you know, it was, it was learned, and I think also by, by entering into the fullness of faith and all of that, it really has helped me grow in that area. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. I want to turn uh, our conversation now to just like interpersonal communication nice. uh, underneath this understanding of the monochronic and polychronic time mm -hmm, system. Mm -hmm. I want to read a quick quote uh, about the importance of understanding these two time systems. Um, this is by Blue Dorn, Allen, and Kaufman. These are um, scientists who've done a lot of studies on chronemics. And they concluded that, quote, developing an understanding of the monochronic, polychronic time system will not only result in a better self-management, but will also allow more rewarding job performances and relationships with people from different cultures and traditions, end yeah. quote. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about just our interactions with people from different cultures or from like a different time system. Um, we talked about this before we started recording, but uh, during the study of chronemics, it made me think about the phrase CPT, which stands for colored people's time, which is really just like a pejorative, like racist phrase that has been applied here in the States towards minority groups. Um, and in my personal experience, like when someone would use CPT, it's not like, it's not used in a hateful kind of way. It would usually be like, like a black friend, like apologize for being late, but then he's like, Oh, he's, you know, CPT, like that kind of thing. Right, right. But what I find fascinating about that is like, after finding out that like, um, 
polychronic societies like include Africa, Latin America, you know, includes like these minority groups. And then a monochronic time system includes like white people, like all the European cultures, the United States, you know, like that there's just uh, fundamentally, there's like a misunderstanding yes. of the different time systems. And then since USA is predominantly monochronic, it's like putting down a polychronic time system, which yes. just values different things. You right, know? So, right, right. The um, so of let's let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about how can we kind of bridge that gap, or how can we better understand um, the other who may value and view and mm, utilize time right. differently than we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think cult- cultivating cultural sensitivity and recognizing this um, different perception of time and the different ways in which time is handled across cultures is the first step, right? It, it just like yeah. kind of coming to know this, you know, reminds me of G.I. Joe. Knowing is half the battle, G.I. Yeah. Joe. You know? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like just knowing that. And and then what that uh, hopefully does is it cultivates a kind of sensitivity. Now, there's there's usually going to be a dominant culture in which um, we are situated in uh, professionally, let's say, and obviously we have to play by the rules to some extent. There has to be some of, the, some of that there. Um, that being said, uh, one can nevertheless still cultivate a, a sensitivity and, and, and even invite us further, uh, and this would be my hope, invite us further uh, into philosophical reflection about how we perceive time, recognizing that while in a particular culture, one way in which time is uh, handled is privileged, um, uh, uh, we could then simply pause and say, okay, well, what about the other way in which we experience time? Look, even within monochronic societies, as as you've articulated, uh, I heard Italy was included, Spain, right, North, mm-hmm. northern mm-hmm. European countries as well. You know, the way time is handled, at least professionally, in the state, in, in, in Northern America, in the United States of America, compared to uh, some of these other countries I've just mentioned, uh, is experienced differently. You know, there mm-hmm. is the siesta in Spain. There yeah. are, you know, these leisure moments throughout the day uh, uh, in Italy and other things like that. And they'll just simply work later into the evening and then have like dinner, sometimes even at nine or 10 o'clock at night, right? Mm. So the flow of time um, is experienced differently because of the way it is ordered, right? It's still mm. monochronic, right? According to the experts, but it's just arranged differently. You see what I True. mean? True. They're not exactly the same yeah, system yeah. for all these and countries. Exactly. And so even that can create tension uh, uh, among differing cultures. You know, you have the sort of Protestant work ethic that has uh, shaped and informed much of the professional sphere within Northern America compared mm. to the sort of more mm-hmm. relaxed uh, elongated perspective, let's say in Greece or in uh, Italy and Spain and so on. You know, th- that's that's something that should invite us to really consider um, the different ways in which we can approach time. Uh, and of course, mm-hmm. this is connected to work. You know, do we work to live or do we live to work? And also um, how we experience each other, you know, um, so that we can connect means that we can share 
our hearts, our minds, our souls with one another. And yet, yet that is done precisely through the median, if you will, the medium of time. Um, mm. It's within the arena of time. And so I've had the experience, for example, of talking with someone who tends to, you know, they, they speak slowly uh, intentionally, they seem to be processing in a slower uh, level, not mm. intellectual, not cognitive in that sense, but just, you know, just the way they they reflect on things. And I, as an impatient New Yorker, can like kind of be like, okay, <laughs> finish up your thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But, it, but, but if I take these studies seriously and just kind of think about them a bit, it's like, oh, okay, well, what, what would it look like for me to make room for these other experiences of time, not when I'm just engaging with people uh, mm -hmm. who, who are situated in a different perspective, a perception of time subjectively, but even for myself, even for myself, is there a way in which I can consider this, you know? So mm -hmm. to go back to the example of prayer, there would, there would have been a point in my time in my life where I wouldn't have sort of prayed intentionally while I'm doing other things like driving, you know, mm, um, mm -hmm. because that, that requires a sort of active participation rather than a sim simply passive reception of things. But it, mm -hmm. but in my discipleship, have ex it being it expanding as it were. Now that's a, a practice that that I do on a daily basis. Um, while I'm doing other things, I'll I'll also have prayer throughout, um, and that has enriched my life. You see, if I was so dogmatically locked to one perspective um, that, you know, I wouldn't have been open to this, you see. So I think there mm -hmm. are many ways of seeing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, to me, the value in a polychronic time system is the value on people and relationships that, to me, it seems like a monochronic time system is less focused on. Monochronic is all about, like, GTD, getting things done, like yeah. tasks, yeah. time equals money, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that does, that is certainly the dominant time system in our society today. I'd argue even like globally, like it's even kind of penetrated the polychronic time system cultures globally just because of the, the nature of, of the global economy, right, you know, right. but the polychronic time system, I think shouldn't be written off. And right. for those of us who are just naturally a part of this monochronic time system, which, you know, if you're from the United States, like there's a level of that yeah. that's within us because that's what we grew yes, up in. Yes, yes. I think the, the invitation here is to recognize the value in the polychronic time system and to kind of try to... Um, like almost like pray for a paradigm shift mm, because yeah. I, I noticed that yeah, I can I like, like when someone shows up like late to something, especially if it's something I care about, I'm already like judging that person yeah, because I'm like, yeah. Oh, they don't value like this thing because they didn't show up on time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is like, you know, like that's a mind read. That's, that's me just like speaking in without taking the time to understand the other person. Yeah. But if it's someone who's from a polychronic time system and like you don't know what they were doing right before, like they showed up late or, or like who they were with and, and the decisions that they made um, with their time, you know, mm -hmm. I, there's like a level of respect that needs to be made about yes. um, all people's time. Yeah, 100%. But, 
Yeah. At the same time, what you said about like business in the professional world, it's also very true. You know, like mm. that is that is ruled with an iron fist mm-hmm. by a monochronic time system. You can't just show up late to like a, a business meeting, you yeah. know, like yeah. that is just ruled by time and schedules and yes. a calendar. And it, I, I don't think that's going to go away, you mm-hmm. know, like as far as the mm-hmm. professional business world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I wonder if it's. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No. So, you know, it's. It, even though it may not go away, right? The, uh, the question then is, how can we um, humanize it, if that makes any sense? Hmm. You know what I mean? How can, okay. we, how can we make it more user-friendly, to use a different form of language? Um, I, right, so, you know, I, I have the privilege of um, teaching at a college campus that is on a beach, <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't been on campus since the pandemic, but... You know, as a professor, I have my schedule, faculty meetings, classes, all of that stuff there. But what I have um, done is I've been intentional during the lunch period, right, when, when I have some free time to go out into nature, to walk near the water. You see mm-hmm, what I mean? That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and this this human, I find it to be just not merely refreshing, but but reinvigorating right and and, and i sense mm. like uh, um and and a a reception of my humanity back if that makes any sense you know uh just by being in nature and um so yes i'm still beholden to a schedule and i must keep to that but i have learned to be intentional about what i do with the time that i do have you see because i could say, oh, I have this break or I have this time between my, my two classes. Let me squeeze as much work as I can between that. And sometimes I have to do that, right? Because maybe I'm behind in a little grading or I need to run to something. But if that's not the case, then why not use that time to return to nature, right? To pray, to connect with some friends or some loved ones or to reach out to that faculty member, one of my colleagues that I know is going through a rough time or do something like that where where I am choosing to not be professional <laughs> all the time and cram as much work as I can, but to say, no, I'm going to pause here uh, intentionally and, and to do that. And, you know, for me, Lewis, this also brings to mind another thing, which is the seasons, you know, nature. Mm-hmm. Um, by means of the artificiality that we have created, right? By means of our constructs of of uh, lights and and digital screens and and just the notion of time in which we 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 are in, uh, we can forget the beautiful God ordered time, as it were given in the seasons, given in mm. the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, right? You know, back in the day, dude, uh, you you would stop working when the sun set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yes, you had uh, uh, candles and you can continue to push, you know, burn the, right? That can't, what is it? What's that phrase? You burn the midnight candle or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know, from both ends. Yeah, whatever. from both yeah. ends, whatever. You know, you, you're doing that. But uh, that would be a strain on your eyes. And, and again, everything was ordered towards, okay, now slow down, you know. But for us in our cultures, like, bro, it's 12 o'clock at night, but we still, we're still binge watching our Netflix, you know. <laughs> we're, we're still getting it in yeah. and sleep deprived. And 
So I think all of this is is our desire to quote unquote maximize uh, uh, whatever pleasure or work that we think is so important, while ironically it actually is taking away. We're being robbed rather than maximizing. We're being robbed of a whole slew of things, including real productivity. This is why um, many corporations now are are, are considering four-day work rather than five-day work, you know, mm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, four-day work weeks and so on and so on, you know, and, and taking more seriously leisure and all of that there. So I don't know, a lot to think about. And it's, in my mind, all connected to this yeah. way in which we perceive time and live it out. Lastly, in closing, um, I had a question just about like freedom in time because we mm. talked about how time kind of, we're all bound by time. Mm-hmm. We all have different perceptions of time. We all utilize time differently. Um, in your view, Joe, the relationship between time and freedom, personal freedom, freedom to choose and decide what I do with my time. Yeah. Um, what kind of approach or what kind of questions should we be asking ourselves in an attempt to not just be more efficient with time, but just to be more free in our daily lives? Well, you know, I I really like that question, Lewis, because, um, you know, I can think of many times when I had some downtime, I had some, let's say, free time, let's say a weekend. Uh, But for whatever reason, I decided to fester in front of a television set for a crazy amount of hours and just stayed like plopped on the couch and that was it. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to chill and just just take in whatever, whatever. And um, there's nothing, I think, intrinsically wrong about that. But what I have found is those times usually never eventuate in the kind of joy or elation or respite that I'm actually looking for. You see, Mm -hmm. so when I'm more intentional about scheduling my free time, scheduling, right? That almost sounds like, (laughs) right? (laughs) You don't go, it's your free time, don't schedule anything. No, but like, you know, I I don't mean that in terms of work, but scheduling, like, you know what, I'm going to use the morning hours if I'm um, I'm an early bird, which I tend to be right now in in the season of my life. I'm going to use the morning hours on Saturday morning to uh, uh, get some biking in. Or, or go meet up with, you know, do this or that, uh, and rather than just kind of sleeping in. And then mm. I'm going to, uh, for the evening, maybe I'll come back, take a nice long nap, relax, whatever, and then maybe in the evening schedule this. In. When, I, when I approach my free time in that way, I find it to be far more life-giving. So my advice to folks is, when you have free time, don't just kind of toss it to the wind, as it were, and say, ah, I'm mm. going to do whatever I'm going to do. There are times in which we need to do that, right? We, there are times we just like, mm. I can't get out of bed, or I'm just going to stay on the couch, and I, that's it, you know, and, and that's mm. okay. But more often than not, I suspect that, that we will get more from it if we choose to turn to those things that are life-giving, whether it be the gym, reading that book we've put off for a while, you know, we want to read, uh, being intentional about meeting up with some friends, doing a little traveling, whatever it may be, a little hiking. So that's how I think we should more often than not approach our leisure time. 
This also raises other fascinating ideas about leisure time. Uh, the philosophers, the classical philosophers, um, you know, they, they had this recognition. I'm, I'm here referring to both Plato and his student later on, Aristotle, that um, a life of contemplation, a life of reflection, right, on the, on the true and the good and the beautiful uh, requires leisure time. So, mm. you know, we, we should use our time, our leisure time, our downtime, to pursue the higher ends. Uh, and that's connected, believe it or not, to play, to play, right? Um, um, but that raises a whole nother topic that perhaps one day we can have an episode on, on the relationship between leisure and play and contemplation. Mm -hmm. And to juxtapose that with, to put that side by side with servile uh, time, time that is towards work. And this actually mm -hmm. even connects to the way the university has been situated, liberal art, arts and the servile arts. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Well, we can, it's very interesting stuff there. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, and just final thoughts on the relationship of utilizing time mm -hmm. uh, with the other, with another human being yeah. who may not be on the same page. As we discussed earlier, like any final thoughts on relationships and time? Dude, you know, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think if we're going to honor the dignity and the inherent worth of the other person in whom we are encountering, we have to, I'll use this metaphor again, make room for them. We have to make space for them around the table of our hearts. Um, part of what that is going to require of us is to be empathetic with regards to how they perceive time. Now, listen, I, I schedule, let's say I schedule something with you, Lewis. Uh, we're going to meet up in Philly uh, two days from now. And we're like, let's meet up at this, uh, you know, this restaurant you told me about. I show up like 25 minutes late. That's going to be, that's like, that sucks. You know I'm Like, all right, Joe, come on. Like what happened? You know? Um, but let's say, do you now then say, bro, this guy sucks, bro. He showed up a half hour <laughs> late, man. What happened? And I don't really give it, you know, or do you say, you know what? Let me give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. Let me, let me just yeah. continue to love him and just be present. And yes, that was annoying. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll explore why that happened. Hopefully that won't, ha won't happen again. But I don't want to lose sight of the presence of my friend here. We have this moment together. You know what I mean? Let's, let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. And, um, you know, I think of those who've done work in hospices, uh, um, in, 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 in um, places where people go to die, and the regrets that people communicate. Usually one of the regrets that folks have when it's too late, unfortunately, to to reform one's life, is that they didn't spend enough time with their loved ones, with those who loved them. You see, they didn't. They they if they could do it over again, they would reinvest their time, uh, in those people. You know, in those people whom who because life is in that sense about relationships. You see, mm, yeah. um, so there's something 
really wise in in paying careful attention to this fascinating dynamic between the cultivation of relationships and time itself you know um yeah those are those are just yeah, some thanks. words mm-hmm. thanks joe it was a great conversation no man. doubt really appreciate that no doubt